0: Pray as we jump into the teaching for today. Let's bow our heads. Father in heaven, thank you for this moment. Thank you for your spirit. By faith, we believe you are here. And if possible, Father, we just pray that you would just continue to send more angels into this place. I pray that you would touch every single person that's gathered here physically. And bless and be with each person watching online as well. To that end, we thank in the name of Jesus. Amen. Question. Have you ever dealt with significant disappointment in your life by show of hands? If you've ever dealt with some serious disappointment, just raise your hands. For those watching online, if you've ever dealt with disappointment, let us know, me too, in the comments as well. Okay, how about this one? Have you ever heard of the expression, when it rains, it pours? So let me describe to you why very recently in the last few weeks we've kind of become, our family, kind of intimately acquainted, unfortunately, with that phrase, when it rains, it pours. So just about two days before we physically moved out here to hop in our van to drive over here to Loveland, Colorado, The AC and furnace in our home just gave up its will to live. It said no more. It died. And for those of you that are acquainted with home ownership, you know that replacing an AC and furnace is kind of one of the more expensive maintenance things that you do in a home in addition to having to replace a roof and things like that. It's not something that anyone receives with joy. And then last week, as you know, was my you know, first introductory Sabbath, and then the conference had approved for me to, on Sunday, fly back to Michigan because I needed to go back to prepare our house for rent. And you know we, we moved with such haste that there were some things we didn't quite get a chance to finish. So Sunday morning, I'm getting ready to drive myself to the Denver airport, and a few hours before, I think I was going to fill up with gas or something like that when all of a sudden I noticed in our Toyota Camry the battery light turned on. I thought, that's a little unusual because I literally put on a brand new battery about two weeks ago before we actually drove here. So I said, you know, not a huge deal. I'm sure it's just a little something or other. So I drove over to AutoZone and you know, they connected, great people, really nice. They're looking at everything, and literally, as they're analyzing it, the car was was on at first. It just just dies, and then they jump it. They bring out some. They they jump it. It it turns on for a second, and then it dies again. I thought, oh, that can't be good. They're like, yeah, this is beyond us. You're going to have to take it to a professional. And literally, this is. I was about to take a flight out of Denver in about three hours from then. So I'm looking at the clock. I'm stressing out. I call my wife. I said, honey, you're going to have to pick me up here. Meanwhile, we call a tow truck to pick up the car and take it to the Toyota dealership because we knew that there was something special, unfortunately, going on with the car. I mean, here's the, the question. Have you ever dealt with some significant disappointment in your life. Look, in the, in the grand scheme of things, those things that happened to us very recently are not huge I and mean, we'll be fine, it's okay. They're a little annoying, they're a little disappointing, but you know, everything is going to be okay. Some of you have dealt with much more significant disappointment in your life. I mean, maybe for you, you're dealing with some disappointment in terms of relationships. Maybe you've been trying to connect in a deeper level with someone and they just do not seem to be reciprocating. It just seems like they are not putting in the effort and you find yourself, unfortunately, disappointed. Or, or maybe you feel yourself disappointed in terms of health in your life. You went to the doctor, the results came back, and the numbers just kind of seem to be pointing in the wrong direction, and you just find yourself Understandably, disappointed. Or, look, can we be real for a minute? Maybe you're experiencing some church disappointment. I heard that we had a little bit of a business meeting this past, or was it, Monday evening? Unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, I was not here. I was back in Michigan working on our home, but look, I, I know that we had a vote concerning, you know, women elders here at Campion. And I imagine that maybe there's some, let's be real, that are dealing with some kind of disappointment as a result of that. And I just want to acknowledge that. That's okay, I mean, we're church, we're family, we should be able to acknowledge that. The question is, What do we do? What do you do when you're in that place of disappointment? How do we relate to it? What should our posture be in relation to the disappointment? I want to share with you a story today that I think provides a case study for disappointment for us today. So the room was dark. There were only a few candles shining on a group of faces. One by one, the light would reflect on each of their faces as if it was a police lineup. Some faces looked hopeful, others looked desperately worried, the faces of those men and women. A man could be seen, his wrinkled forehead testifying both to his great age and his great worry. Many were talking at once, but yet it was as if a mute button had been pressed over their conversations. The silence hung thick in that place. In another part of the city, two men were running with staff in hand. They pressed forward faster and faster under a full moonlit night. Although those night they knew the path well, they knew just when to jump over a certain rock, which step to take. In their excitement, they briefly lost their path, but they quickly found it once again. They were excited. They had to tell their friends. But back in the dark room, the faces continued. The tense eyes. The hands gripped tightly. When all of a sudden a loud pounding was heard on the door and all conversations ceased, everybody hushed. They looked at each other. And they decided that it would be wiser to just stay where they are and not open the door. But the pounding continued, this time followed by a voice that said, Hey, it's me, Cleopas, open up. The door was unbarred, and the two disciples with staffs in hand walked in. And they began telling some kind of miraculous story to those closest to the door, and suddenly a voice rang out from the group, close the door behind you, don't you know it's not safe? So there they were that group of men and women in that room. Calvary is bad news. Crucifixion, it was the height of embarrassment and shame. And many of those in that room just began to settle in their hearts that this whole following Jesus deal maybe it had just been a bad dream and a bitter disappointment. All of a sudden, a woman with tousled hair and wet cheeks stood up in their midst and said, I have seen Jesus. I saw him this very morning, but she's just a woman. How credible could she be? And that was a scene. This group of men and women huddled together, not because they could feel the cold of the night air, but because they could feel the fear in the night air. It was palpable. I mean, had life passed them by? kind of seemed like it. I mean, the more time passed and the more they waited and waited, the reality of having to go back to their old lives began to sink in. Houses needed to be cleaned. Baskets needed to be mended. Fishing businesses needed to be revived taxes needed to be collected. You see, this was a group that was well familiar with disappointment. Those early believers after the crucifixion, as described in John chapter 20. So here's the question that we're trying to wrestle with today. I mean, what do we do when we're in that place of disappointment? I want to share with you two principles today about What God does in our disappointment. Two principles. Here's the first principle I want to share with you. You can feel free to take some notes. Principle number one Jesus longs to reveal himself to you in your disappointment. Turn with me to Luke chapter 24, verse 13 and 15. We're in Luke chapter 24, verse 13 and 15, and the Bible says, Now behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. So it was, while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. Remember that story? Post-crucifixion, there's Cleopas and this unnamed disciple. They're walking on this road to Emmaus. And believe you me, they are down and distressed and depressed. All their dreams for this new kingdom being ushered in was now dashed. They were definitely down and depressed, but I want you to notice what it is that God's posture is towards us when we are in a place of disappointment. It's this principle. Please notice that Jesus longs to reveal himself to you in your disappointment. So it was that While they conversed and reasoned, that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. Jesus is saying, oh, I I see some of my children, some of my followers, my disciples. They're down and depressed and they're confused about the future. So I am going to enter into that space of their disappointment. And it was there that he revealed himself to them in a deeper way. And please know that it's no different for you. When you are in your own place of disappointment, Jesus sees you, and I want you to know that he makes a beeline into your presence as well. Because Jesus longs to reveal himself to you in your disappointment. I mean, after all, notice John chapter 4, verse 3 through 4. You notice, you know the story. I'm going to quote in your hearing. The Bible says, talking about Jesus, he left Judea and departed again to Galilee. He needed to go to Galilee. That was his terminal location. But verse 4, the Bible says, but he needed to go through Samaria. What do you mean that the king of kings and the lord of lords had to do something? A king does not have to do anything. But yet the scripture records that he had to go to Samaria. Why? Because his heart was compelled to go there because he noticed from far away The quiet suffering and disappointment of this Samaritan woman. This woman who sought solace and silver from the arms of men, yet always found herself empty and disappointed. Jesus said, I must go. Yes, I know it will take me longer to go this way. No, no, I must go to Samaria because I must enter into that space where one of my children is feeling disappointment. In verse 25 of that same chapter, the Bible says, The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. What's Jesus doing? It's the principle that we're talking about. I mean, what do we do when we're in this space of disappointment? More importantly, what does God do when we're in this space of disappointment? It's the first principle. Jesus longs to reveal himself to you in your disappointment. That's what he did to those disciples at Emmaus. That's what he did to this Samaritan woman. He could have found a quicker way. Miss said, no. I'm going to go directly to her, not to a group of people, just to her. John 20, verse 19. Notice what the Bible says, I did my best to describe the narrative scene notice the scriptural record now, John chapter 20, verse 19. The Bible says, Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled, why? For fear of the Jews. What did Jesus do? Do you see the principle at work? The Bible says, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. We're talking about how to deal with disappointment. We're we're talking about how God relates to us in our disappointment. And the truth is that you could have looked the whole world over, and you would not have found a more dispirited, depressed, unhappy, and frightened group of people. Think about it. They had failed Christ. It was sad and without excuse. In the moment when Jesus most needed his friends, they fled. At the moment when Jesus needed to his self-sacrificing love, Peter denounced his loyalty with self-protecting fear. But yet... As they nursed their soul wounds, they felt that perhaps Jesus had disappointed them. Jesus had failed them. His promise to be with them forever, it now just felt like a cruel lie. His promise of a future kingdom, dreams dashed. So here they are. Hurting, disappointed, and what does Jesus do? He reveals himself to them. He goes into their presence. It's the first principle. God's posture, the posture of Jesus towards us in our disappointment. Jesus longs to reveal himself to you in your disappointment. Here's the second principle. Jesus ministers to you in your disappointment by giving you a ministry. Let me say that again. Jesus ministers to you in your disappointment by giving you a ministry. Again, John chapter 20, now verse 21, the Bible says, So Jesus said to them, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Now, please notice what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying to this dispirited group that had betrayed him and did flee from him, he's saying, Everything that I came to do For the same purpose that the Father sent me, I'm sending all of y'all. Yep, exactly as you are. Messed up and imperfect. Often cowardly. Most of the time, disloyal and unfaithful. Peace be to you. As the Father has sent me for the, sa- for the very same purpose, to do the very same stuff, I'm now wanting to send you. And then He commissions them. What does the Bible say? How? By breathing on them. Now, look, let's just be real. For most of us, the idea of someone breathing on us does not seem very pleasant. Isn't that the truth? In fact, maybe your spouse at times has said, please don't breathe on me, you're too close to me, or something like that. We don't want people kind of breathing on us. But I want you to notice that theologically, the breath of God is a little bit different. I want you to notice some places in which the breath of God is actually transformative. You're Genesis chapter 2 creation story, God creates man. He takes this lifeless pack of mud and forms it into the semblance of a human. And then what does the Bible record? The Bible says that God then breathes into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. So now... Again, we're talking about breath. John chapter 20. Follow me, church. There's this group of people. They're tired. They're lifeless. And what does Jesus do? He breathes on them and recreates them now through the power of the Holy Spirit, sending them off in a mission. I mean, what's the principle? Yes, Jesus longs to reveal himself you in your disappointment. That's truth. Praise God, hallelujah. But not just that. Our, our second principle, Jesus ministers to you in your disappointment by giving you a ministry. He says that as the Father sent me, I'm sending you. And I'm authorizing this through the power of the Holy Spirit by breathing on you. Now these disciples, because they were now recreated, had the power to do that which they could not do before. Here's another verse. Second Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3. Notice the same principle at work. The Bible says, Blessed be the, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation. Why? That we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Do you notice the principle at play? Here's the Apostle Paul describing it. Do you notice the principle? He's saying, God, when we experience a hurt, and God heals us from that hurt, when we are in the place of disappointment and God brings us to a better place, God, the Apostle Paul, through the spirit of inspiration is telling us that God wants us to use that now to bring healing to other people. I mean, it's this principle at work that Jesus ministers to you in your disappointment by giving you a ministry because here's the truth friends God never wastes a hurt God wants you to assign a purpose to your pain and I believe that through the healing power of Jesus There can be a ministry as a result of your misery. It's true. And some of you are saying, well, I I don't know. I don't know about that. I mean, you know, I'm in a place of disappointment in my life. I've experienced some stuff before, and I never saw Jesus in the midst of that. Well, let me ask you a question. I mean, is it possible... For Jesus to be there and us not recognize it, yes or no? Yes. I mean, just look at some of the stories we've just looked at. On the road to Emmaus, the disciples initially did not recognize Jesus. They're in the upper room. Initially they did not recognize Jesus. It was only after Jesus said, look, it's me. And then it says, then they were glad when they saw the Lord. In fact, notice this narrative here in Genesis chapter 20, verse 24, just a few scriptures after that with the one that they call Doubting Thomas. The Bible says, Now Thomas called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, we've seen the Lord. So they're testifying, they're bringing the good news, and what does he say? You know, that's why they call him Doubting Thomas. He said." Unless I see in his hands The print of the nails And put my finger into the print of the nails And put my hand into his sides I will not believe But Jesus is so good Jesus is so incredible Notice what he does For the sake of one person. Verse 26, and after eight days, his disciples were again inside, and Thomas with them. Jesus came, the doors being shut and stood in their midst, and said again, peace to you. And all of a sudden, he singles out the doubting one from their midst, and he mentions Thomas, reach your finger here look at my hands reach your hand here and put it into my side do not be unbelieving but be believing and it was only after that jesus was in his midst he did not recognize him but it was only after that he said look physically touch me and then notice the respond the response of thomas he said my lord and my god So again, the question, is it possible to be in a dark place of disappointment? Is it possible to be in a place of so much pain? Is it possible to be in a place of deep, profound hurting where it does not seem that God is even there? It's possible. Yes. It's possible for it to seem like that. But friends, the good news that I bring you today is that whenever there is a hurting daughter, whenever there is a hurting son of God, whenever there is a tear that is shed, whenever there is a cry that is lifted up, Jesus is there in your midst. So even if for you, Right now, you're in that place and maybe because you're feeling hurt, maybe because you're feeling disappointed, you think yeah, just God is not with me because if God were with me, I would only be experiencing peace. If God were with me, I would only be experiencing joy. And I just plead with you in the name of Jesus. By faith, Believe and receive the presence of God. Even if you do not feel him, even if you do not see his presence by faith, believe that when you are in that place of disappointment, believe that Jesus longs to reveal himself to you. And believe by faith that Jesus ministers to you in your disappointment by giving you a ministry. Look, I don't, I don't understand how that works entirely. But I see it in the scripture. Are you with me? In other words, I mean, I'm, I'm recalling the story of the Apostle Paul, when he was in this place of disappointment, the Scripture records that he had some kind of thorn in the flesh. And the Bible says that three different times he pleaded with the Lord. He said, God, remove this suffering from me. He was in place of disappointment. Do you remember that story? Three significant times in his life he came to God in fasting and prayer. In three significant times he pleaded with God. And this is someone that was a tight friend of God, would you agree with me? And what does God say? My grace is sufficient for you. In other words, Paul I'm going to give you strength that you did not have before. I am going to meet you in your place of pain. I'm going to meet you in your place of disappointment. And I'm going to give you enough strength. I'm going to give you a grace, something that you do not have, with which you will be able not just to bear it, but you are going to use this pain as a testimony and as a ministry for me. So, what disappointment are you dealing with today? Are you, are some of you hurting today? Like I said earlier, I mean, maybe you're you're dealing with some church disappointment. Maybe you're dealing with some other kinds of disappointment in your life, and you're not quite sure what to do with that, and I just plead with you in the name of Jesus. Receive by faith that Jesus longs to enter into that space with you, and two, there's something that God wants you to do as a result. He wants you to turn that, that misery into some kind of Ministry. So I just want to make an invitation for you now. I wonder if there's anybody here today that just simply wants to confess. You're kind of feeling something, you're kind of dealing with something, it doesn't have to be related to the, the church stuff, maybe whatever it is, relational, maybe it's health, maybe it's something else. You're saying, you know what, I I need some prayer in my life. Anybody want to just confess that? You know, I I just need some prayer today. God bless you. I need some prayer. I'm dealing with some stuff, and I need some prayer. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. And I wonder if there's anybody else today that wants to say, you know what, i I want to do everything that I can to help to usher in the second coming of Jesus. I want to do everything that I can that whether I am in a place of disappointment or not, God help to use me, help me to find a ministry, help me to do something for you to usher in the second coming of Jesus. And and according to the scriptures that we've looked at, apparently through service, Jesus will even use that to bring peace and healing to our hearts. Anybody want to say that today as well? Amen. God bless you. God bless you. For those watching online, same invitation, just let us know in the text message. I just want to pray now. For everyone that's made some kind of decision today, let's just bar our heads wherever we are. Father in heaven, thank you for the reality that God is like Jesus. When we look at Jesus, I mean, he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And thank you that Jesus is a friend that will never fail us. Thank you that Jesus longs to enter into that place of our pain. And so I just want to pray in a special way, Father. For anybody here today that might be dealing with some kind of disappointment, you saw those hands that were raised and you know what that means for them. And so, please, according to your loving heart, by faith, I just pray that you would reveal yourself to them in a special way, Father. We believe that. I pray that you would manifest your your presence to them in a special way. I also pray, Father, you saw the hands for the other invitation. I pray that you would help every single one of us to do whatever we can. I pray that each one of us, like Pastor Leandro said, would work to reach one. I know I can't be the only one that's kind of sick and tired of being sick and tired. We long for you to come soon, Jesus. We long to be restored to complete peace. We long to be restored to our family and friends and our loved ones. And so until then, hold us in the palm of your hands. We thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen.
1: to rise and put your armor on, hear the call of Christ our captain, for now the weak can say that they are strong in the strength that God has given, with shield of faith.
0: pray. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Now and forevermore, let all the church say, amen. Amen.